Welcome to the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hostfully. Hostfully is a property management and guest experience software for short-term rentals that helps management companies, large and small, scale their vacation rental businesses. With features designed to help manage and grow property management operations, this could be the solution for you. Use the promo code VRF100 to save $100. Let's get started. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. So I just got back from the Book Direct show in Miami, and what a fantastic show it was. Two days of terrific information and education from a group of absolute geniuses on stage. So I'm going to share with you some of my aha moments, learning points, and wow minutes from the Book Direct show. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information, and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new, and what will help make your business a success. Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer. And as ever, I'm super delighted to be back with you. And just came back from just a terrific three days in Miami. My very first time in Miami. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see a lot of it. I was staying in an apartment on Biscayne Bay, which was just, you know, the the views were just fabulous. Um, A little bit more about that later on because I never stay in a vacation rental without sharing how I enjoyed it or or not. So, you know, stay tuned. I'll be talking about that. Some interesting learning points I got from that too. The conference itself was the Book Direct show and that was founded by Damien Sheridan. You know that I've had Damien on the show a couple of times. He was ably supported by Deborah Labi, who is a powerhouse of organization. She's one of the people that I know in this industry, like Tyan Marsink, who seems to have way more hours in her day than the rest of us. It's some sort of magic that they seem to create, which enables them to give huge amounts of effort to a lot of things. You'll be hearing about Tyan a bit later on as well. But thank you so much to Damien and to Deborah and, and the rest of the Book Direct show team for making this such a, a tremendous event. It was a great location, a great venue for it. It was It's called Miami Ironsides. And it's a small, very small conference center. So you, you walk in and it's a bit warehousey, a bit funky. It's, uh, it's got the, the main level was where the presentations took place. And then a balcony around the top and an area up on, on the upper floor where all the vendors were and where the coffee station was, etc. And the donuts, I have to say, I ate two of the most Three, three, <laughs> three of the most amazing donuts I have ever had, all perfectly cooked and filled. And, oh, yes, I had to do some jogging when I got home. And, and that was just to get rid of the toppings, not the rest of those gorgeous donuts. Anyway, that was the venue. It was, it was a venue for, for several things. It was a venue for lots and lots of networking. It was a venue for 
Matt Landau to give a private screening of his Home Runners episode with Casago, which I'll be talking about a bit later too. And it was a venue for Will Slicker's Destination Air Awards, which took place on the first evening. Yeah, all in all, it was just great. It was a small show, probably about 250 people in all. And I absolutely love that because it it allows for so much more networking, talking to people, getting to know people without everybody being distracted by a gazillion vendors. And which is not to say that having a gazillion vendors is a bad thing. I know that as this podcast is published, the Vacation Rental Managers Association conference has just wound up in Las Vegas. And I'm sure that any of you that maybe are listening to this on your way home from Vegas will know that it was probably the biggest exhibition hall ever. I wasn't able to go to Verma this year because of a little bit of a a miscalculation in the amount of days I am allowed to spend in the US each year. And I've I've mentioned this before, slightly overstayed my welcome. Well, no, I haven't overstayed my welcome. I'm absolutely on the 181 days that I'm allowed to be in the US. So unfortunately, I had to have the choice of go to Book Direct Show or go to Verma. And personally, I love the smaller shows because you get usually a really high caliber speaker and there's more intimate arrangement. There's less people. You don't have to sit in these rows where you just see the people next to you. You're on, on round tables. And it's and the other thing was it was a single, what they call a single track conference. So you didn't have to decide between a lot of different educational sessions and get that FOMO, which I always do. I do it when I'm ordering in a restaurant, you know, I I get the menu, I look at something, I think I'm going to have that and I order it. And then I'm always not disappointed, but always think, oh, I wish I had that. I wish I had that, which is on my neighbor's plate. So that's what it can be like at the bigger conferences where where you go and sit in in a educational session and think, well, maybe I should have been somewhere else. But anyway, um, I particularly like that. Damien and Deborah were able to secure some amazing speakers. And this is why I've called this what I learned from the book direct geniuses in Miami, because these people are at the top of their game. And if you only take away one little nugget from each session, that could change your life and your business. So I wanted to share with you today some of the nuggets that I took away, because even after 25 years, maybe is it 30 years in this business, I worry about the passage of years at the moment. But even after all this time in the business, I am still learning and still bringing back stuff that, I mean, I used to apply it to my short-term rental business, to my property management business. I now am applying everything I learn to the education that I'm creating for short-term rental operators and small managers in the courses that I'm producing with Jodie Bourne. So a little bit more of that later. So here we go. I'm just little things, little things I want to share with you. And if you can take away one or two of these and apply it to your business, then you may have a a real eye-opener that you can get without having to attend the conference. So I'm doing my best to bring you the best. 
So around about the middle of my ramble, I'm going to break off and bring you another question that I posed to David Jacoby from our sponsor, Hostfully. So, So hang out for that as well. Okay, so we were all, you know, ushered into the conference area on the first morning and got my donut and my coffee, sat down. I was sitting right at the front place that I always go to the front in a conference if I possibly can. I seem to learn more than that. And then the music started and the dancing girls arrived. And I love this. I love, you know, you've got to get that energy going in the morning of a conference. Do something that sparks people off, gets them smiling and laughing and maybe up and dancing. And this was the opening from... Amber Hurdle. And for any of you who went to the Vacation Rental Women's Summit and and other summits and other conferences now, you will probably have recognized Amber Hurdle. She's an expert in branding. Uh, She's written a book called The Velvet Machete, which I'll put a link to at the end. I shan't describe it. I'll put a link to at the end. And she, she consults with and helps out many people looking to grow their businesses. And she was going to be talking to us about branding. So it started with the dancing and the music, then went on to some more serious stuff about building a brand. And I love this because often when we think about building a brand, we think about a font, a logo, and the site colors. You know, you want your brand to be consistent So you get your font consistent all the way through your website and your site colors are consistent with anything you do in print and anything that's online. And then your logo goes everywhere. But Amber explained to us how much more branding is than a font, a logo and site colors. Because yes, these need to be consistent, but you should look at your branding from a different perspective. And she breaks it down to three areas. And it's your personal brand. Think about your personal brand. That's what you use to amplify your influence and get the results. And this is often demonstrated in a really good About Us page. And one that always springs to mind is Shireen McLennan, who's My Star VR, her her website for her bungalow in Kanab, Utah. You know, I, I mentioned Shireen a lot on this site because she does so well with the personal branding. And I'm put a link on that. Go have a look at it. Go have a look at her About Us page. She infuses her site with her personality. The same goes for Tyann Marsink-Hammond and her husband, Nat. They are doing exactly the same with their Branson family retreats. They talk about themselves. They've created their personal branding and that personal branding is imprinted on their properties. And that is definitely worthwhile a visit too. Secondly is the employer brand. Amber talks about employer brands so that you can attract and and retain people. You want to be known as a great place to work and a great place to be. We'll talk a bit later on about Casago and how they have created their employer brand. And people who work for them feel that they are, you know, you hear often hear this, well, you're part of the family. 
and and it can be one of those phrases that's bandied about but in a really good company that's how it actually feels it feels like you're valued and respected and wanted and that's really important from Amber's perspective, you've got to create your employer brand as well. And thirdly, is the business brand the one with the font, the logo and the site colors? And you have to build that to gain and keep your market share so people can recognize you. But as she says, you've got to go beyond that business brand. So what did I take away from Amber's opener? For me, it was more about the personal brand, how to imbue your brand into your website and into everything you do, particularly like Shireen and Tyann do. There was a great session on advocacy. When I mentioned about going to the larger conferences where you have to choose between different tracks to go to, I have to say that advocacy never really jumped out as being a good choice. If I had a choice between going to a session on advocacy or going to one about how to use Instagram to bring more guests, I would probably, and it feels a little shallow to say so, but I would probably have gone to the Instagram one because, you know, advocacy doesn't feel as if it would have the information to bring more guests and bring more traffic. And that's what we all want. But actually, I, I listening to Humphrey Bowles from Superhog, Dave Krause from Rent Responsibly, and Steve Milo from VTrips. And I sat there for 45 minutes and learnt more about advocacy than I have done in the last 10 years, I think. And I came away from that feeling that I have a mission now to ensure that everybody that I come across in my consultancy and in my training business takes this really, really seriously because it's coming to you. If it's not regulations and legislation, whether they're fair or unfair or onerous or whatever, they are coming to you. And they could come to you in a way that you, well, maybe you do expect it, but maybe for some people they least expect it in terms of the the type of restrictions that will seriously impact your business. My favorite quote from that session, and there were a lot of quotes from that session. I wish I could have recorded it and remembered it all, but this one really sits with me. And it was Dave Krause. And he said, Sitting on the sidelines is co-signing the death certificate of your business. And I found that incredibly impactful because I think my previous take on going to an advocacy session was doing just that. It was sitting on the sidelines. However, having said that, in the latter stages of, of running my business, I did get involved with the upcoming legislation and regulations that, that have hit Ontario. It's... It's a wild situation up here where I am with lots of different townships and municipalities playing with different types of regulations and restrictions. And these are going to impact many, many people, whether they're independent owners or property management companies because these restrictions are going to happen in one way or another. And if people don't get involved, and that was the crux of what Humphrey, Dave and Steve were talking about, if you don't get involved and start networking, you are going to be on the sidelines as your business dies. And it it was tough to hear, 
and perhaps easy to look around you at the moment and say, well, you know, we're all, we're okay right now. But you don't know where you'll be in six months' time or a year's time or three years' time. So now is the time to mobilise. If you join your local networks, if you've got one, start one if you haven't and get mobilised. Rent Responsibly is out there offering all the help you could possibly need. So link to the Rent Responsibly website at the foot of the show notes. Go there, take a look. There's some really useful and interesting stuff. There is also a list of all the networks across the US and some in Canada. Just go there and join something. So yeah, the really interesting session. I was focused all the time. My mind didn't wander during that one. And I, I think maybe, you know, it just brought it home to me that, that this is one of the biggest issues facing our industry right now. It's not Airbnb. It's not VRBO. It's not booking.com. If you're, you know, if you're in the book direct space, it's the threat of what may happen with legislation and regulations. So following on from that was another great session, which was on inclusiveness. And my friend Robert Geller from Fab Stays was up there in his pink pants, which I always love. And he was joined by Neely Khan, who I met for the first time, delightful person who writes amazing copy, along with Matteo Bradford and John Stokinger. If, if you are not on my Facebook group, which is the Business of Short-Term Rental and Property Management, make sure you join that because you will see quite often posts from Matteo and John about what they are doing. And I'll, I'll be putting a link to them in the show notes. And in fact, on a totally different tack, John, Matteo, Neely and Will Slickers are creating a new podcast, which will be coming out in December. I'm not going to say much about it, but it's fictional. And I think you will enjoy the premise of this. So I'll, I'll put some information on that in the show notes as well. But that aside, this, this really good discussion on inclusiveness. And we often, I think many of us pay lip service to this. We might post a little rainbow logo on our website to say that we're inclusive, but it doesn't. It doesn't say that we're inclusive. And I think the real message I got out of this session was that if you haven't got an inclusiveness statement on your site, then now is the time to put one on there. Interesting though, I, I looked up vacation rental inclusiveness statement on Google, as you do, and there was very little out there. There's a great post on Logify and I'll put that on the show notes. Gosh, these show notes are going to be quite lengthy, but I hope you go there and take a look. And there was a link to the Verbo and the Expedia inclusiveness statements, but really no, I couldn't find statements from other companies. And that is something that I will do a little bit more research on. I think that's really important that everyone who is running a vacation rental or short-term rental has an inclusiveness statement because it actually says what you're about and the fact that you accept absolutely everybody at your properties, which I hope you do. And then Robert talked about the markets that are out there, particularly the LGBTQ plus market, which has in the US $100 billion in spending power. And if you can show to this market how inclusive you are, you're going to tap into it. 
It's a lucrative market. You should be there. So I'm going to take a break right now, go over to my question to David Jacoby from Hostfully. Hi again to David Jacoby. How does Hostfully improve guest manager communication? Because I know from my experience as a property manager that, that this is super important. Yes, that's really a focus of our property management software and our guidebook. So there's a bunch of ways to improve communications. One of our core features is our robust system of email and SMS templates and triggers. So you can choose for a variety of reasons how and when you want to send out notifications. So right there, that alone, that streamlines all your all your guest communications and, and you don't need to worry about sending a welcome email or a booking confirmation email or checking in with the guests the day after they arrived. In addition to that, we also have a pre-arrival form and digital signature uh, and other ways of kind of streamlining the information you need to collect from the guests before they stay. So you include that in your email automation. You have those forms, you have those links, you get all that information and you're good to go. Finally, our guidebooks. So our guidebooks have all the information that the guest needs to know about their stay. So you are looking a lot more professional sending the guidebook and you're saving a ton of time because you get a lot less questions asked from the guests because all the information is in the guidebook. Bringing it full circle, tying our guidebooks together with our property management software, you can have the smart code be in the guidebook itself, the access code to the lock. So we integrate with links, Operto, Remote Lock, Point Central, a bunch of lock companies, and the PIN code, the smart code gets created. Oftentimes, property management softwares will include that in an email that goes to the guests. We take it one step further and include that code in the actual guidebook. So now the guest needs to look at the guidebook to get that code, and now they see everything else that's in the guidebook. That is terrific because we all know that guests tend not to read, and any method we can use to get them to into that guidebook is great. So that's genius. Yes, indeed. We have some customers that have 100% readership of the guidebook because they need it because the code is there. Brilliant. Well, thank you, David. That was great. Thanks for answering that. So back to the Book Direct show. There were several sessions on the first day on data metrics and KPIs. A lot of this used to go over the top of my head, and I probably ignore some of these sessions if I had a choice because I worked with a business partner who was a data analyst, and I didn't need to. I didn't need to do this stuff. In the event, I wish I had. I wish I had spent more time on the data and the metrics and the key performance indicators because it does direct the way the business is going. So I'm just pinpointing one session and it was by Evan Dolgau from Jarvis Machine Learning. And from his website, he's talking about machine learning and he says leveraging machine learning shouldn't be limited to OTAs like Airbnb, Booking.com or Expedia. Every Vacation rental manager, short-term rental manager should be able to cultivate their own data and predict their guests' intentions just like the OTAs. And Evan was, uh, I was transfixed with Evan's presentation. It was the first time ever really that the whole idea of, of data became interesting to me. 
And and I realized the power of it and probably that our company, when I was uh, a property manager, hadn't been that invested in the data that we collected. And something that Evan said that really resonated with me was that vacation rental managers don't realize how much gold exists in the data they already have. We talk about, you know, going to air DNA or key data or, or transparent to look for data. But in fact, we have so much data that is already in our own systems that we're probably not utilizing and making the most of. I'll come back to that in a second, but Evan talked about some key metrics. Please don't glaze over because this is important, but these metrics such as ROAS, CAC, LTV, and there were others, but I'm, you know, this industry has so many acronyms and I'm not going to bog you down with any, because what I'm trying to get across here is that you have to know your metrics. You have to know what data you have and how to use it properly. And I'll just mention a couple of these. I will somehow get Evan onto the podcast and, and talk some of these things through because I was completely fascinated by it. And he actually made metrics seem simple made it seem that it's something that we can all do. And it's not something that is just devoted to the bigger property managers. So just a couple of them that he mentioned was ROAS, which is ad spend revenue. So what you bring in from the ads that you post, let's say, divided by the ad spend cost. And when you collect that information, you have information that informs how you should be improving your web design and your conversion efficiency. You know, it's telling you that you're right to be out there doing paid ads or that you're doing the wrong paid ads. You know, if you're doing Facebook ads or if you're doing Google ads or if you're doing ads on Now You Can on LinkedIn and Twitter and Pinterest, are you getting the revenue in from those ads that justify the spending cost. So that's ROAS, which is return on ad spend. Then there is CAC, customer acquisition cost. You know, how much do you spend getting a new guest? So that's sort of sort of your ad and marketing spend total. We often, and I know that we did it, you know, we'd, we'd spend on marketing, we'd spend on ads, we'd spend on promotions. We'd spend on getting some digital marketing consultancy. It's all those different spends that come together. It's the total of your ad and marketing spend and that divided by the total of your book direct customers gives you, you know, I, are you spending way, way too much on all this marketing for a limited amount of customers? And the action that you take from understanding this data is to improve your web conversions and marketing personalization. You know, perhaps you're not segmenting well enough and talking directly to your target market. And I like that one, the customer acquisition cost. The third one I'm just going to share is, is LTV, which is lifetime value. We talk about this a lot with, with owners. You know, the, the owners, if you're a property manager, your owners have a lifetime value, which is the revenue that comes in from that particular owner, i.e. property, 
times the lifespan. So if you have a property and, and owner, because I put those together, the owner is more important than the property to me. So it's lifetime value of the owner. How much revenue is coming from that owner's property each year? And then how long is that owner going to be with us? So if there's 100,000 coming in from that owner and you're able to keep that customer for 10 years, that is one heck of a lifetime value. And the same with guests. A little inspired yesterday by hearing that, that a guest had come back to the same property at my former property management company for about the 15th time. This guest had been coming for years and had just made another booking. And I think my ex-business partner commented on it and saying, wow, you know, they're back again. So it's that customer value over the course of maybe the 10 years since they've been coming is huge. So the purpose of having that information is, you know, how do you personalize the marketing to that person? How do you actually pinpoint that person and get them to become an ambassador for you? So that lifetime value of that rental guest could be way, way more than just coming back to you over and over again. So that's just one way of using it. But I like the idea of looking at lifetime value of both your guests and your owners. So I said we'd come back to this, uh, you know, what Evan called existing gold, where to find it all in the gold that exists in your data. And I think because he broke this out, I was having aha moments all over the place. You know, you've got data that comes into your property management system. You've got the data on how many guests you have and, and how much they spend and your occupancy and your availability and all, the, all that data, of course. There's data that comes into your CRM, your customer relationship management system. You know, the data on your niches, your target market, and, you know, how many people open, open the open rates on your newsletters or on your promotions, marketing data, you know, look at Google Analytics. There's a ton of data in, in Google Analytics. And if you haven't done a Google Analytics course, then I suggest you get going and do one now, because if you don't know how to use that data, then it's just wasted. It's just wasted. How do, do you know which page on your website you visited the most? Do you just blindly put up blog posts and never look to see how many people look at those blog posts? So yeah, I'm getting to be a real advocate for really learning Google Analytics. And there's courses out there and Google actually run them that are really helpful and comprehensive and don't cost anything. So all it's going to cost you is your time to do that. So yes, your PMS, CRM, marketing data, your website. Evan said tablet concierge, um, thinking of things like, you know, you're welcome. And I think your digital guest guides, the majority of the digital guest guides now give you data on who's going to what page in your, in your digital guest guide, who is opening them to start with. I mean, I know with the digital guest guides that we were using, you could see when our guests opened them and whether they'd shared them with other members of the group and whether they'd opened them or not. So that's just useful, useful data. Um, home automation systems is another source of data. Certainly, you know, when people 
check into your property, when they check out, what home automation they're actually using in the property. Again, useful data if you've got noise aware or Minute or some of the other products that help with the guest experience at the property. You can collect data from them. Uh, Or your financials, of course. I mean, maybe that should have been right up at the top. Your financials are giving you so much data on everything that goes on in your company. And then can't leave without talking about what Evan called Wi-Fi cultivation. StayFi was one of the vendors and one of the sponsors of the conference. And StayFi is such a brilliant method of bringing in more guest data. If you don't know what StayFi is, it's a little piece of equipment that allows guests to log into the Wi-Fi by giving an email address. And every guest has to do it if they want to log in. So you have that information. And it was genius. And I talked to the guys from StayFi. It's a very, very fast growing company. And so it should be because I think they filled a niche that was very much needed. So there was a ton, there were three sessions on data metrics and key performance indicators. Not going to go on any further than that, but I'll put links to the folks who gave those presentations if you want to go and look into them a little bit further. Next, I I can't, I've got to talk about presentation that Jody and I did about lead magnets because we had a lot of fun with that and... Jody and I are going to be recreating that presentation and we'll be bringing it to you as an entirely separate entity, I think, over the next couple of weeks because it went down very well. People were interested. It was a very interactive session. I'll just give you one example. We had a hot seat where we asked for somebody just to give us a location, their location and their target market and ask for some suggestions from the audience as to what type of lead magnet could be developed to attract more traffic. And we had one attendee who was in the hot seat and said that he was in a very saturated market in Orlando. So what could he do for a lead magnet that wasn't, you know, the usual Disney stuff? And a couple of ideas came up, but the best one I thought was from Deborah Larby who, because she was holding the mic and handing it around, she was able to give her suggestion quite easily. And she said that, you know, Disney is not suited for people who have children with autism. So why not create a lead magnet that focuses on things to do for these families with autistic children? And we didn't elaborate on it, but it was just, you know, it's not germ of an idea. It's something a little bit different that goes away from the general Orlando and Disney stuff. My suggestion, I had a suggestion too, it was about grandparents because often grandparents take their whole families to Disney, but they don't necessarily want to go to the parks themselves. So my suggestion was, you know, 10 things for the, for the oldies to do in Orlando. So it could have been, you know, it could be golf, it could be museums or art galleries or all these different things that the grandparents can do while the children are at Disney. So that was the idea. As I say, Jodie and I are going to recreate this and bring it to you separately over the next couple of, of weeks, months. So next up was Tyanne Marsink. Love Tyanne. She is 
just a powerhouse of energy. <laughs> and she's always bringing us something that's a little bit off the wall, something that we, we haven't thought about. And this time was no different. And her presentation was, and now, Tyan, if you are listening, then you can critique my pronunciation of anagnoresis. And anagnoresis is the startling discovery, this is the definition, the startling discovery that produces a change from ignorance to knowledge. And it could be like when you realize the value of booking direct and it's suddenly, it's when the light bulb goes on and you realize something that you hadn't thought about before. I mean, maybe something I've said today has produced a feeling of anagnoresis within you. Well, maybe when I was talking about metrics and where you could find all your metrics within your own data. I don't know. Tyanne also shared the amount of connections she makes with a guest between booking and the end of the stay. And, and she talked about one group of guests and bearing in mind that the majority of guests that come to Tyanne's places at Branson Family Retreats are big families. And I mean big, 30 to 40 people coming together. So it takes them a long time to put everything together, plan everything. They plan a lot in advance and they rely on Tyann and Nat to deliver information to them. And she was saying it can be up, there can be up to 20 connections that she makes with these guests in the run up to their stay. And it could be anything from providing them with lists of restaurants that uh, will accommodate large groups to booking theatre tickets and sharing information on local hikes and outings and attractions and other things that they can do in the Branson area. But she does this multiple times. So coming back a little, because this triggered what I'd said earlier about the place I stayed in Miami, which quite frankly, I, I was really looking forward to and, and was a disappointment. It really was. One of the reasons being was that I heard absolutely nothing from the confirmation of booking to the day before my stay. Now, for me, I'm in the business and I just expect more, I guess. I did book direct. And in my initial email I sent, I said, this is my first time in Miami and I'm really looking forward to it. That to me is the biggest dropped breadcrumb ever. If somebody dropped a crumb like that when I was running my property management company, we'd have been all over it. You know, it's my first time to cottage country. All right, we'll send you a list of the things that you need to bring, like bug spray and a bear bell, that sort of thing. But I thought that dropping that crumb of the first time I've been to Miami, it would have been so nice to get a list of, you know, maybe maybe something that said you know, 10 things that a first timer to Miami needs to know. And I would have loved that. I didn't go and look at anything else in Miami because I didn't have the time to do any research. I hadn't been offered any information. And the fact that the Wi-Fi didn't work in the unit for the three days we were there, despite them knowing it and sending people out, it didn't work. The guest view guide, which is, if you don't know what a guest view guide is, is the monitor that goes on the wall. And it's really quite a nice visual. This was located in a cavernous hallway in this apartment. 
I'm, I'm jumping about because this whole experience got to me. When I'm in a property, I like to sit down, feet up, cup of coffee, look at my digital guest guide, talk to everybody else and say, okay, where should we go? Where should we go to eat? Or shall we get delivery? What should we do today? But because this guest view guide was located right at the beginning of the hallway, which as I say was cavernous, it was enormous. If it had been working, anytime you wanted to go and think about where to go and eat, you had to get up, walk down the hallway, press the touch screen, which, you know, which is great if it was in the right place, press the touch screen and find the information, then walk back into the living area and sit down and, and share that and say, oh, right, I forgot the opening hours. So go back. Yeah, it, it, there, were, there were numerous things that caused us issues, like the, to- the, toilet that, the toilet that wouldn't flush unless you did it manually. You had to take the lid off and then manually, I'm not very good on technical stuff, manually lift up a plastic thing and it would flush. So they sent somebody round to look at this and then sent me a text saying, oh, we've fixed the toilet issue. All you have to do now is lift the lid and lift up this plastic thing. <laughs> so still, they'd fixed it, but you still had to do the manual flushing, which to me was, you know, it wasn't a resolution of the problem. It was a very impersonal space. Jody made a comment on the way back to the airport. I'm not going to repeat that one because it referenced a particular low-end motel chain, hotel chain, and really said it wasn't much different from that except it was bigger and it had no mould in the showers. Yeah, to say I was disappointed is an understatement. But the thing is, the thing is they didn't have to do much to fix all these issues. I mean, I'm not talking about the toilet and the Wi-Fi, but I mean, they didn't have to do much to create a better experience for us. Yeah, leave it at that. I will be sending some feedback to them. Hopefully they'll listen. Okay, lastly, I went to a private screening of uh, Home Runners, uh, the second episode of Home Runners, which is the Matt Landau's new documentary series, which is about what goes into the making of a successful property management company. And it goes back really to Amber Hurdle and the employer branding and personal branding and business branding and how these companies have achieved so much success through doing all this and much, much more. So those people who went to the VRMA, Verma Conference in Las Vegas, had the opportunity to go and see a screening of the episode with Steve Milo's V-Trips. We got to see the episode with Casago and the story of Steve Schwab founding the company and being joined by Ryan Dame, both of whom were at the Book Direct show. And Ryan Dame gave a great presentation on how their company worked and evolved. And I enjoyed that tremendously. But certainly the episode of Home Runners was brilliant. It was about, you know, how the Casago culture dominates what they do and the relationships that make the difference, the relationships with their owners and the relationship with their staff and all their employees. And it's very different, very different from what we hear from one of the largest vacation rental consolidator in the industry. I very much enjoyed this. I hope when you get the opportunity, you go and watch it because we can learn a lot from the way that Steve and Ryan and the Casco team have put together their organization and, and their company 
culture. I just wish they didn't use the term renters, though. It's on the website. It has, and they talk about renters. I don't know. I haven't been using rent, the word renters for 20 years. It's always been guests. But hey, you know, it's a word. And maybe they will change it in the future, or maybe they have a good reason not to. I Hopefully, I'm going to get either Ryan or Steve or both onto the podcast to bring you their vision of the short-term rental future. Okay, that's it. I learned a lot from the Book Direct show. I'm hoping to go to a few more conferences in the next year. I'm on a panel at another conference in Miami in January which is called the Short-Term Rental Forum. I'll be bringing you more information on that. It's a little bit of a different group. They reckon there's going to be about 800 people there, so that will be really interesting. Uh, as I say, I'll, I'll give you more information when that comes up. Then there's a VRMA Spring Forum. I can't remember where that is. All, all this information you should be able to find on VRM Intel. They always have a ton of information on upcoming stuff. So that's it from me. If you are listening to this on the day of publication, I'm just three days away from heading down to Alabama. And once I get set up there, then I'll be doing most of my recordings from there. I'll be doing some videos. You'll be hearing much more from me and Jody about the Vacation Rental Formula Business School, which is now up and running. It's not fully featured yet, but those of you who are in the beta program, you are going to be instrumental in making this one of the best or the best educational online forums that there is. And we're going to bring you a lot from marketing to operations, to owner acquisition and onboarding, to safety, and a lot about how to actually build a business and be an entrepreneur within it. So, Watch this space. Go take a look at Vacation Rental Formula Business School, where you'll see more information and and come join us. We'd we'd love to have you. In the meantime, I am signing off for now and look forward to being with you again next week. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to check out Hostfully, our podcast sponsor. Head on over to the Virtual Vendor Showcase where you can find out more about this incredible company. And don't forget to use the promo code VRF100 to save $100. We look forward to you joining us on our next episode. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.